I've heard, obviously, I've heard of him, and only then I connected. Wait, it is Ben, Still- ben Stiller's dad. Yeah, I- it is. But it, yeah. And I wanted to add stuff about Fred Willard, who I'm way more, you know, I'm way more into him. Mm-hmm. But it was running so long, I just, you know, I just finally went, ah, there's no room. It's too bad, but yeah. oh well. But do you think actually in terms of Jerry Stiller, well, I'm, I'm sort of on the younger side, so I, and also a foreigner, but mm-hmm. like Ben Stiller is so much more famous. So it's oh, almost so like, much more. So you kind of, when you say Jerry Stiller, I don't even... Stiller, sure, comedian, I guess I heard, but then it's... Well, you know, register. he really stays famous because of Seinfeld, the cult mm-hmm. around the show of Seinfeld, and he plays, an, plays a, a really successful recurring role, and it, that's what's kept him kept him current among younger people. Otherwise, I think he would have completely faded. You know, he gets this late-life resurgence, because otherwise you had to know about this old, like, 1960s team, Stiller and Mira, and, you know, nobody knows that stuff anymore, you know. So if you it's for non Seinfeld fans, Jerry Stiller doesn't really mean much. I'm not even a fan. Mm-hmm. But I was asked, you know, Jacobin asked me to write because I think they all love Seinfeld. So that's how I, how I wound up writing it. Yeah, man. But like, but I guess Ben Stiller got his comedy gene. Oh yeah, from him, he was raised so. in show business. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely by two parents who were both in show business. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite the leg up. Yeah, but yes, yeah, I'd it's like that, you, he was standing on his shoulders. I'm like, all right, absolutely, yeah. I, but he's I, one of the few children of successful, you know, showbiz people who way transcend them. Usually, that doesn't happen. Usually, the story is much sadder than that. Yeah, I guess they. You're right. Not not that many stories because I, I guess if because the par- when the parents are so, somewhat great, mm-hmm. usually it's like crushes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> usually it's so miserable to hear whatever to the kid. <laughs> yeah, or they have to become lawyer or a banker or whatever. But yeah, not, that's the not smart the move. Business. I always that's, think, yep. God, doing anything else would make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrible to hear that they're going into showbiz. God. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't have very like interesting remarks about your um your obituary, but uh, yeah, I loved reading it, and I kind of found out about the the duo from the sixties. Oh, thank you. I mean, I was thinking I would maybe say say something if we ever did the Fred Willard thing, but you know, we keep, didn't, yeah. we keep coming up with topics that are so good we don't get to the Fred Willard. So, oh well, I mean, Rako was great. That was that was wonderful. I think. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So, but I have to introduce yes. her. It's, it's kind of an intro. Anyway, it doesn't. It's all non-linear. I don't care. It's. I don't know how I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna cut it. But uh, yeah. So today we're actually talking to um, a documentary filmmaker and uh, Hunter College professor uh, Reiko Tahara. Uh, she. Uh, I took a few of her classes while at, at Hunter, and also she was my, actually my thesis advisor. And uh, she's actually a great professor, uh, but she's been adjunct for many years, again, doing thesis advising and so much work, you know, and all the students love her. And, uh, and yet uh, she's kind of in the, in the same boat as like, I don't know, 60% of the uh, CUNY seem to be mm-hmm. run by adjuncts. So percent of CUNY teachers. And now there potentially might be a CUNY strike or there's like an initiative to stop the budgetary cuts to the um, CUNY system because of the um, austerity measures, supposedly what Cuomo is trying to enforce. 
Mm -hmm. Am I right? Well, right. Well, yes. But, you know, what's interesting is that a couple of the of the schools in the CUNY system actually jumped the gun and announced cuts in advance of an official directive from Cuomo. Yeah. Um, so I think it's Brooklyn College and John Jay College both announced just draconian cuts to, to classes and therefore to the number of adjuncts they employ, like 25 to 40 percent. Some insane. That's right. And there are already like big layoffs, people who are guaranteed mm-hmm. supposedly job uh, for September, right. kind of like contracts or would have terminated. So there's like the horrible kind of slaying happening right now, mm-hmm. even before Cuomo officially, as we realized, announced anything, which is truly bizarre. Right. And we'll, yeah, so she'll get into, you know, what they've started, which is a withholding of grades is a beginning process of what might end up to be a strike. It, that's not known yet, but um, um, there's measures are starting to be taken. So she's going to fill us in on that. Yeah. And uh, just to introduce her a bit more. So Reiko, I mean, she's a award-winning filmmaker, but mostly she documentaries and experimental films and I think she's been um, she started a film festival in Japan that she's been running for maybe a decade already I think it happens every summer and uh, and what else and uh, she specifically at, at least at Hunter at the Integrated Media Arts Program she's famous for her third cinema class mm-hmm. um, which again it, those films are very hard to find and, uh, and her her class is going to have kind of lively, lively sort of revolutionary discussions about that. And uh, yeah, and I think it's kind of a really rare, rare class that generally um, hard to find at, at any film program. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, you, I mean, I probably talked to you. You had something of that kind at Berkeley, right? Well, I, I just had to teach a component, like a little third cinema section as part uh-huh. of an overall film history class. So, you know, I was doing a pretty basics one and she's doing an in-depth one, which I'm sure is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's really finding like a, a really rare movies from Latin America and not, o- and, and not only because it kind of incorporates potentially third third cinema movement Asia as well. Oh yeah, and, it's a uh, multi-continent. It's Africa, multi-continent eventually. Latin America, yeah. Asian countries, yeah. Yeah, she's doing a really an, kind of an interesting job, but um mm-hmm. but all that is actually now in danger because she might lose her job potentially over over this dispute. So no mm-hmm. one knows. And oh, uh, yeah, and let me let me just add one note for for something you'll hear in the interview that she keeps mentioning. She keeps using the acronym PSC, and I kept meaning to stop her and have her explain, but I'll just quickly tell you it means mm-hmm. Professional Staff Congress, and that's the leadership of the university faculty and staff union. Um, I guess in the CUNY system, so she'll you'll just hear her say PSC a lot um, as right. being central to this you know uh, struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's and let's get into that, and and we'll be back next week with actually another guest, also uh, kind of hunter related, and we're going to talk um, about the new Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Yes, what's it called? Filthy Rich. Filthy you know? Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's and we gonna... have yes, we have someone from the world of modeling, right? Who is going to be able to give us some? Yeah, she's a filmmaker, insight. and uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that's all next week. But she was yeah, she was a fashion model for years. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so enjoy Reiko Tahara, and uh, see you next week. Next week. Bye. You know, this is, it's about CUNY, I guess. Um, 
But it's interesting because I teach, like, you know, I teach cinema of resistance too, like a third cinema and mm-hmm. like the revolutionary cinemas. And so we discuss like what's the most, uh, you know, um, like what's the concrete ways for films to be a good tools, you know, for dialogues and, uh, you know, revolution and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of interesting um, how, you know, what I do as an activism, you know, as an activist uh, for CUNY and what I teach and discuss with students kind of like sync together. So, yeah. Yes. Evgenia says you have a celebrated third cinema class. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you have a hard time not spilling over with your students or do you speak freely to your students about how? The, I speak everything. Talking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I may actually, this integrated media arts program, which I'm a graduate to and Reiko is my professor, full disclosure. It's a very kind of like, pretty radical program in many ways, politically at least. So everyone mm-hmm. definitely speak their mind. Mm, and, good, um, good. So it's like um, anti-establishment, I would say very much so. Mm-hmm. Right, which is yeah, which is interesting because you know most of the professors I th- I feel are very socially aware and uh, you know engaged filmmakers, mm-hmm. um, but when it comes to CUNY issue, you know <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they are the most active. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which, which actually I think is a good way to get into this conversation because I mean I know a little bit about generally your activism even before this COVID and the potential. Uh, budget um, kind of austerity and restrictions. Uh, I was part of this. Um, so you're active in the union, and you were trying to basically get the adjuncts um, salaries up to to seven k uh, per course, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. basically, we were trying to threaten a strike uh, all mm-hmm. over CUNY. But I, from what I understand, and I sort of I graduated very exactly a year ago, so I don't know how it ended up. It seems like it wasn't very successful at all, right? Because the administration was not really compelled to mm-hmm. do anything because they were not particularly scared by strikes, from mm-hmm. what I understand. Or, or I'm, mm-hmm. like, how, how does it work out? Okay. Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't successful because I think, you know, well, the origin of the seven, the term seven chaos strike mm-hmm. um, was like, you know, soon after the, the union negotiated the contract in 2016, um, what, what happened was uh, in 2016, um, union fought hard and they did the strike authorization vote and 92% of all faculty, including adjuncts, voted yes. So with this, um, they used it as a thread and to negotiate and they celebrated the victory. So it was mm-hmm. like a victory of the union and, you know, 2016 um, contract uh, brought most of the full-time professors pretty fat check. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we adjunct felt that we are left out. Although we, you know, we participated fully, we went to the demonstration and we voted yes, you know, in the, at the end of the day when we opened the, con- the you know, the celebrated contract, our game was like very, very nominal, um, mm-hmm. except like, you know, there's like a one year contract and six, a three year contract was born. So it was great, but it was very little number of uh, adjuncts who were eligible to those. So, so you know, our, our salary remained really little. And so that's when this, uh, you know, World 7K strike sort of came, you know, like, came like emerged somewhere and i did i didn't join right away i knew a little bit about it but i joined after like two years so like in 2018 i joined um and Mm -hmm. you know it was kind of like really nice to i before that i went to like some cafe and talk to some other adjuncts from other cuny schools for the first time 
and you know and sort of learn like learn that we all have a similar situations and you know we've been feeling the same all along but we never got together so it was kind of very very nice feeling like mm-hmm. to get to know them and like well yeah right because you're you know you're kind of like you feel like you're part of the department but you you know your, your situation is quite different from most of the faculty member and there's nobody that you can really talk to and you kind of have to you know well you, ha- you kind of have to appreciate that they're giving us a job well, while like at Hunter, you know, 72% of the old teaching post is uh, adjuncts. So we yeah. are majority, but we just always kind of, uh, you know, we have to be so nice to other faculty and we are always nice to students and we just kind of have to be always nice person with very little compensation. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, so that's how Seven Girl Strike came about. And uh, as Evgenia said, uh, it, it, it wasn't... I mean, I would say it was a success because 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 we started chanting, or you know, people started chanting seven kill strike. Mm-hmm. Um, the PSC leaders, you know, fought for seven K. So mm-hmm. unless we were saying that, they wouldn't even put seven K as a number to aim for, and right. they didn't achieve the seven K. And they recognize that this, you know, the, their victory of the 2019 contract was nowhere mm-hmm. near. Mm-hmm. But they still kind of, you know, put the 7K as a number, as a goal. And as years went yeah. by, 7K really is not, shouldn't be the goal anymore because, right. you know, the inflation <laughs> kept going. So, yeah, so we should, you know, say like 11K now or 12K mm-hmm. now, but... Uh, but at least it was a, you know, it raised awareness and it raised um, awareness among the leaders that adjuncts are not silent. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that, I, yeah, I don't feel that was a, you know, unsuccess. I think it was a mm-hmm. success. And mm-hmm. and rank and file action that we have today is like sort of like, a, you know, it's a predecessor. Uh, the 7K strike is a predecessor. So we kind of grew into a different uh, group now. Mm-hmm. And it's not only adjunct, but we also have different uh, titles and, uh, you know, even like you know some across union too so yeah mm-hmm. but so. do you understand right that basically even from my experience because i went to a few meetings of that seven care strike it mm-hmm. felt like the even though supposedly cuny is like this public school a lot of a lot of as you say people professors are so, like socially aware um mm-hmm. there is definitely like a feel of like a almost like a two class kind of society mm-hmm. two class system yeah with this mm-hmm. <laughs> almost like some kind of bourgeoisie of uh, mm-hmm. professors who are like mm-hmm. pretty much don't care or even like definitely there was like a few professors stopped by full professors by that meeting and they were definitely against the strike and they were trying mm-hmm. to say how uh, you need to first convince um, basically mm-hmm. negotiate and convince kind of full faculty that they're like should be in solidarity with you. There's like a weird thing, even though it's clearly not yeah. their issue, you know, mm-hmm. they're in a completely right. different situation. So they're like the weird, there's like a weird feel that definitely there was I not know. Really yeah. unity. Yeah, definitely. Is it the same now? Would, would you say yeah. it's the same now that actually? <laughs> it was that way at Berkeley as well, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very common mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, there's two tier system that, you know, it's basically adjuncts are gig workers. And, you know, it's like, it's a gig economy. But you know the the top tier uh, full time professors, um, you know they have their paycheck every month, and you know they have pension and they have health insurance, and so you know so it's good. You know that's great. They deserve it, but we deserve more. 
And so that's the whole point. But the, the thing is, it's so weird because every time we have the fight, you know, we have different targets, right? The ultimate target is like state, you know, Cuomo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's a board of trustees at the CUNY because board of trustees are the people who are assigned, appointed by Cuomo or, you know, or de Blasio or Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Um, so and many of them are like in real estate or developer uh, or like, uh, you know, corporate law. And so they are very much connected and they are talking to each other. And, uh, you know, and Cuomo, pretty much, and, and, you know, in terms of uh, Hunter, for example, like we, we senior colleges are funded mostly by the state, while the community college, are, are, you know, have more money from the city. So our target is always because I work in the Q, uh, in Hunter. Our target is the state, and state. And when the board of trustees recommend this this much money, CUNY needs, you know, Cuomo would say, okay. So it's really the board of trustees that you know that has to realize what money we need and submit higher budget. But that's the struggle. So, you know, and so there's a PSC leadership who, who are in negotiation with the board of trustees. And there's also, a, you know, CUNY president, like a di- different president, you know, the chancellor and then the president. Too. So there's different targets. And so when we want to fight all together in unity, um, you know, against Cuomo or against the board of trustees, we want the union to be more fighting union and more militant union. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the struggle. And, uh, you know, I guess because of that 2016 example, we feel that our union is capable to, you know, to use the labor action more efficiently and, mm-hmm. you know, more um, practically. But when it comes to the adjunct issue, um, it, there's been a huge hesitancy um, you know, sort of like to demobilizing us, you know. Mm. So, so we've been always like seven girl strike too, and also this Rafa too. Um, the recent, um, you know, we tried to do the great action, um, and the way they have been treating us as a small faction, like small rebel militant action. Although while they are saying like we are the militant union. Uh, we just kind of feel very strange about it, and and but we, at the same time we we know that we have to keep pushing because other unless we keep pushing they wouldn't change. So, so we feel that we are part of the union and we have to change the union and we are we are the union members and we are the one who makes the union. So so just to explain quickly, the the grade action is withholding your grades as a right as a, exactly as a yeah it wasn't formal. really like it wasn't real with uh, withholding action but we mm. did the pledge. Um, recently just to withhold the grade until the day of the submission. Mm-hmm. And if the 70% of all faculty pledge, um, then we might want to, you know, we will withhold beyond the deadline and at least beyond the 29th, which was today, um, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be the day that um, we will receive the non-reappointment or reappointment letters by email. Mm-hmm. But today, this morning, they extended it again oh. from uh, May 15th to today to June 30th now. Oh. So so we have this another month of uh, uncertainty and anxiety to and, wait. And can you can you judge how much it's it's a, it's across CUNY, right? The, the grade yes. with with withholding. How can you get a sense of how widespread the cooperation among different levels of faculty are? are mm, it's hard yeah it is hard Can't to really judge it's just i mean i you know we announced the number so it's you know the number was 800 
So right. it's not that, you know, like we are aiming at, um, you know, 70% of faculties, like what, right. um, 11,000 or something. So, wow. you know, so it's nowhere near. Right, um, but need. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who were confused and especially because union leader leaders um, are publicly against it. And it's just so hard when, you know, when you have uh, leaders who, know who kind of tried to frame us in a way that we are really not so and especially mm -hmm. you know like i mean we we understand the criticism you know we are we understand we didn't want to sacrifice students of course you know because we Mm -hmm. especially adjuncts like you know with this little money we receive all the reason we are here at cuny is for students you know Mm -hmm. like you know because we can get employment elsewhere with much better money i guess but uh you know, we understand uh, the meaning of public education and we are in love with our students and we do everything for students. Mm. And so it's kind of hard that when we, you know, when we create this kind of action and with the utmost care, like, you know, if you go to the Rafa website and if you read the, you know, uh, frequent ask question corner section, you mm. will see like what kind of care we put, you know, we put into to not to sacrifice students. Like mm-hmm. we have, we thought about the scenarios and, you know, what about this? Like if, if students needs to graduate this semester, if mm-hmm. students needs to go to grad school or if they, if they need a, you know, need the grade for scholarship, we laid out everything and made a scenario. So, you know, so that we don't have to sacrifice students. And we were in conversation with, uh, with the students that we have access to. So we work with the students organization, student group called Free CUNY and others like, you know, YDSA at Hunter mm-hmm. uh, working with us too. So, you know, we are in constant conversation with students. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of sad when we were framed as if we are only thinking about adjuncts and we are not like, we, you know, we are sacrificing students. And Well, especially since you're the ones trying to guard against really bad things happening to the, to education ongoing under, in, you know, the new pandemic <laughs> austerity rules, which is going to hack mm-hmm. away huge percentages. At least that's the threat. What? 25 mm-hmm. to 40% of, of the budget. And mm-hmm. but yeah, budget for adjunct teachers, which means way huger class sizes, mm-hmm. and that's disastrous. And they're already big because I I was like for for like a year and a half adjunct at Hunter. The classes are so huge for mm-hmm. undergraduate seminars, even which mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. I think already is like barely feasible, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if yeah. that's if that's get somehow even like if you get more cuts and bigger classes, I don't know if the education makes sense in that scenario. Yeah. And especially this is a public education, mm-hmm. you know, what the, it what doesn't make sense to me is that, you know, well, CUNY, you know, we often talk about the history of the CUNY and it's like, for example, the Q- Queens college and Brooklyn college were established mm-hmm. during the great, great depression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a need for the public university for all as a gateway, you know, for the working class uh, son and daughters of immigrants, you know, to, you know, to you know, to make an upward movement, right? So CUNY's mission says that, and CUNY's mission is for working class students, um, as, you know, to exist as a gateway. But mm-hmm. what's happening now is like, well, then students will, you know, will be charged higher tuition, like they, they don't stop, you know, raising tuitions. Mm-hmm. So now I think, I believe um, that, you know, CUNY's whole budget used to be a lot more state funding, 
But mm-hmm. now I think the student tuition uh, play a, a bigger role. I think it's like that the state budget is less than a half or something now. So I, I mean, I you know I can't really I have to look into it. But uh, you know, th- it's true that students tuition is you know is playing more and more uh, bigger like significant significant roles uh, in the CUNY budget. And you know, just this uh, this December, they um, in, you know they announced this uh, another tuition hike hike of uh, two hundred dollars a year plus one hundred twenty dollars of uh, what was it? Um, I forgot the term. It's like a to hire counselor because it's you know like mental um, mm-hmm. mental, mental support for students. Yeah, and so there was like a wellness fair, a wellness fee. So they are so all, every single. Students, I'm not sure if it's you know graduate stu- school too, but uh, every mm. single senior school, um, senior college students are charged um, $200 student, you know, $200 more of a tuition plus $120 of wellness fee. Oh so they God. are hiring their own counselors out of their own pocket, and that is like what you know. It's like three hundred twenty dollars of a tuition raise, like right away, you know. Yeah, which which so, hardly helps wellness for anyone. Yeah, to have to pay exactly. And, oh yeah, and I, I just feel this is not right. And so you know, so what we are talking at Rafa is really the same. Like it's the same struggle of uh, students because CUNY has to be there for the working class students, and mm-hmm. but because. Our students are working class students of color. State doesn't want to give us money because, you know, they think this is enough. Like you guys just do what, you know, do, you know, mm-hmm. resume the budget, like, you know, it's a little allowance. And so, you know, and the CUNY management is almost like saying, okay, this is the money available, so we have to make do. And then all the departments are, you know, giving the instruction, um, like, well, for example, okay, so another example is that there's an inflation. So the 2% inflation, um, you know, raise across the board for all New York state, uh, you know, organizations, uh, mm-hmm. Cuomo agreed to do. So every year, Cuomo agrees for the 2% raise, right? Mm-hmm. So the, you know, PSC union negotiated and, you know, this, uh, this contract also, uh, Cuomo agreed to pay. But mm-hmm. we have uh, enough evidence that Cuomo hasn't paid that. So that is like before the pandemic. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, in, and it's not only this time. He hasn't paid this 2% inflation raise for the past three years. Oh, my God. So that's why this austerity, like we hear about austerity and we hear the union fighting against austerity. And in the meantime, we hear from our own little departments. Oh, sorry, we don't have the budget. We don't have the money. So I, I cannot even invite a class guest for this past really like three, four, five years. You know, I used to have like a little budget to invite mm-hmm. a class guest, but right. it, it is denied. And I used to be able to rent this uh, Lumio Brothers and the Pape Newsreel mm-hmm. 60 millimeter film from MoMA, you know, right. to start my uh, documentary history class so that students can sort of experience this uh, film feeling, you know, in the, like, just imagine that you are in the cafe, you know, right. experience this Lumiere Brothers film uh-huh. for the first time. But this budget has been denied for years now. So, you know, so this concrete, you know, like the real feeling that all oh, the money is like getting less and less at CUNY, where does it come from? You know, it's not only the budget is small, but this uh, inflation, you know, raise hasn't been fulfilled mm. by the state somehow for three years and people are not making fuss about it 
like the union is not fighting to get it. Wow. So, you know, that's why the, each department is, you know, is asked to cut the two, have like 2% or something, you know, on reserve. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to have, a, you know, some money set aside as a reserve fund. Mm-hmm. To make, uh, to you know, to make up for for what the you know state is not giving CUNY, so this is a mentality. Like everybody really don't know like what this money is for, but oh, you know, the CUNY doesn't have money, or CUNY doesn't have money, so right. you know we can't do this, we can't do that. So that and seems, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, that just no, seems no, so in keeping with reading that Brooklyn College and is it John Jay have mm-hmm. in anticipation of of mm-hmm. getting cuts. Right. Imposed by the government have already told the departments you have to cut, <laughs> exactly. but they haven't exactly. even the guts haven't cuts haven't even happened from the state. So it's almost like, what is this policy of just rolling over and refusing to confront state mm-hmm. and presumably city governments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is Hunter the same? Because we we read about Oakland oh, yeah. College and John Jay, but is Hunter doing the same yeah. thing even before kind of the official budgetary budgetary austerity budgetary cuts enforced? They're already kind of like ready to go with it, right? Because Hunter probably well, wouldn't. I, wouldn't I what as long as I know, um, Jennifer Robb, the the Hunter president, hasn't mm-hmm. yeah. announced anything about the uh, you know pre- preemptive cuts mm-hmm. because I think it you know every I mean after John Jay and Brooklyn College and also City College president tried to do the same and the faculty fought back. Mm-hmm. So you know faculty and staff I guess uh, fought back. So the president withdrew. Oh. Um, the announcement and but uh, you know because of those uh, John Jay and the Brooklyn College people kind of rose up and like started you know going against it and right. so I think um, you know Hunter President mm-hmm. you know thought it's not wise to make a preemptive cut and right. uh, and also because Union agreed to extend this uh, non-reappointment and reappointment deadline mm-hmm. uh, from May 15th to May 29th, which is which was supposed to be today. Right. Um, the president was happy at Hunter that mm-hmm. oh, you know, they, it gave us some time to think. Right. And so you know, so they didn't have to like because CUNY Central sent a direction to every college to make to start planning for the cut. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, so so so, you know, some president overreacted and, you know, made a pre- preemptive cut mm-hmm. and some presidents are just seeing like what's going to happen. And so I think at Hunter, she was waiting until everybody submit the grade. And, you know, and that's that's why we you know, we that's the reason we did this uh, with uh, grade withholding because of this uh, extension. Uh, right. Of the re- reappointment until today, but now it's like extended by another another month, so it's another whole another story. So yeah. you know, so so what's going to happen now? Because we have another thirty days to see, you know, mm-hmm. if we're going to be hired back or not. Enrico, do you feel is there any specific like specificity to being like in the film department or specifically in this pretty experimental integrated media arts kind of part of mm-hmm. that program versus um, versus other departments? Doesn't matter what like um, human humanities department or even theater. Is there any difference in in your situations versus um, other adjuncts and or is it mm-hmm. is everyone in the same boat? Doesn't matter which. Kind of which department oh, in terms of the budget of, cuts or, yeah in or terms of what's coming yep yes yes there's no uh-huh. there's not well i think you know 
Hmm. I think, you know, each department has each like different relationship with president, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with some, you know, yeah. And some departments, um, you know, some departments maybe have a very good relationship with Jennifer and some departments don't. And mm-hmm. so I do not know much about the politics of that. But, you know, I know that our department has been pretty aggressive or rebe- you know, rebellious yeah. uh, you know, in many <laughs> scenes. So I guess our department is not like too in favor of like, you know, the, like the, the president doesn't really like our department. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. So I oh, guess, yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. have you been to that weird? I think it was like maybe three years ago. Jennifer mm-hmm. Rapp invited, um, I think, might be faculty and students also via May of Integrated Media Arts program to like a weird lunch at her right. office. Yeah, and I, and there she kind of questioned us what the hell we are and what we're doing. What is this IMA about? Because uh, she clearly um, kind of looked at the history of the program and the program existed for what under fifteen years, and uh-huh. um, she was sort of like her her most focus was on the fact that there seemed to be no or very few significant awards at the like major oh film God. festivals that people get. Really? She, was, she was she was very open about it in terms of like the clearly what that her questions were that oh was her focus goodness. and she was kind of asking <laughs> what the hell's going on wow. and why we want to collaborate with someone like i don't know like some someone from theater department who's i guess doing better on, in that regard you know oh <laughs> getting goodness. those prestigious awards oh, and uh, <laughs> it was like a, it was a w- interesting weird lunch yes and i think she's in the end if not hostile more like uh-huh. completely not appreciative of anything that's going on outside of, no. you know, outside of the mainstream kind of, unless anyone has like mainstream success, you should win basically yeah. Sundance and all that. And then she'll probably be kinder and give you more money. It, it, that, mm. that was the, I'm like crudely retaliant, but that was the general feel of that lunch. Wow. <laughs> that's so sad. I don't, you know, I don't know Jennifer Rob well. I've heard so much about her, but it's just so sad that, you know, that kind of person is the president of a hunter mm-hmm. because they are a public school. I mean, yeah, it's so sad. It's like, you know, NYU, sure, I understand, you know, it's a, it's a whole, whole different world that we live in. And, you know, and yeah, I mean, public school. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't, especially film media or like IMA, we shouldn't care too much about Sundance and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole different uh, way of life, you know. Or wow. the outlook. Yeah. It, that, wow. yeah so, so anyway, that's why I guess I was asking, is there any difference? Are there going to be? Like, um, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, fa- film media faculty or film media department in general uh, because of our differences, I guess, you know, the, what presidents wants us to be and what we are, I guess, you know, maybe we are more scared. Maybe I'm not scared of her, but, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of the politics, we have to be more scared mm-hmm. than other yeah. departments, like, you know, science or, mm-hmm. you know, um, biology and, you know, you know, the STEM field. STEM. And, you know, yeah. Maybe they have a bit, much better relationship. Um, yeah, I guess. So I think every move that our faculty or especially full-time faculty makes, mm-hmm. maybe it's more critical than I think, because I'm an adjunct and so I can be freer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the 
full-time faculties because they've been maybe I don't know when maybe they were they have been more visible in the past and they are more afraid and that's why they are hesitant you know they don't really say much I don't know I have no idea. It's so weird that, you know, like what this one of the thread in our, our department happened, you know, all the students support uh, Veronique and I, the adjunct mm-hmm. faculty, mm-hmm. but full-time faculty remain silent. So, yeah. you know, yeah. although we have a good relationship, it's it's so weird how the, they... The strange uh, thing that the people with the most security risk... That's what yeah. I want to say, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, you have a... Yeah. yeah, and Reiko, when you're saying like they potentially have to keep quiet or they're scared, that's exactly what I completely don't follow. Is isn't the idea of tenure, which they already got, it puts you in this like most secure situation and makes uh, firing you like almost impossible. So yeah, I, I, I think a I lot of people play politics to the end. They're always looking for the next jump up the ladder. Well, I want to be, you know, I want to be able to move up from assistant to associate to full professor. You know, they. Yeah. There's still perks to be earned. There's still advancement to be earned. There's money mm-hmm. at stake, oh. but it's still outrageous. It's just like, what do you need? You've got tenure. Yeah. <laughs> you could mm-hmm. take a bit of a chance, you know. It's been it was an it's been infuri- was very infuriating at Berkeley to see people wow. who are literally world famous scholars um, who just did nothing, you know, wouldn't didn't cooperate with took took no interest in the plight of people who were keeping the department going. You know, we, right. there's a total reliance on adjunct faculty, which includes grad students. And yeah. certain certain people would be very supportive. Linda Williams, for example, in our department was at an absolute rock. Yeah. But they were few and far between, even taking but it, interest. Yeah. It's ironic. Also, Berkeley, out of all places, exactly with that history, considered like <laughs> oh, Berkeley went, went yeah. neoliberal so hard. It was really a ghastly thing to witness. Yeah. I think it's the same situation, you know, I don't, I didn't, I never, you know, thought about like individually, like how about this professor, how about this professor, Mm -hmm. but if you really think individually, Mm -hmm. you will know what they are worried about, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look into the rank and, you know, what they are up to and stuff. Um, We do have access to the, you know, all New York State employees' salary, so we can know who's making how much, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is interesting, you know? And so I it's mean, like, yeah, yeah, think about it. Judith Butler, probably the most famous scholar uh-huh. for quite some time was in the rhetoric department that crosses over with the film department at Berkeley. She was, she was, she was giving money to the Kamala Harris campaign and she had a uh. rep for being a big lefty. I mean, this is, this is where the world <laughs> we live in. <laughs> wow. It's so yeah. shocking. Oh my God. It is shocking. Yeah. It is shocking. Yeah. Well, do you yeah. have a sense of what will have you ha, have the people that you're working with? Are you look? I'm assuming you're looking ahead to like, well, what happens when you get to what the end of June, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what what will well, like the next steps be depending on what happens on the part of the administration? Well, I think before get to you know getting to June thirtieth, mm-hmm. we have a June eighth uh, board of trustee meeting mm-hmm. to vote on the tuition hikes. So and you know uh, the students 
undergraduate students, you know, all students of color, they are so, you know, supportive of us. And, you know, they even write like pledge, you know, students pledge to support the with, uh, you know, great withdrawing, you know, with, with, withholding uh, of Ajahn's faculty and stuff, you know, so we understand each other very well. Mm. And, you know, and so, you know, we want to help them to, and also it, it is also our issue too. So I, we would like to create some kind of a buzz well, like just to really convince our board of trustees not to vote on this, you mm-hmm. know, the tuition hike and wellness fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, you know, the, that's June 8th. And June 28th, that's like the day that they finalize. So I think June 8th is more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we would somehow, I don't know, you know, in the healthy time, we would go to the board of trustees meeting. And usually they are public uh, meetings, so we should be able to go. I don't know how it, right. it happens on pandemic. this uh, pandemic mm. thing. So, you know, and usually when we show up, we can still hold the signs, you know, mm-hmm. we, even if we don't can speak, we can make noise mm-hmm. and, and hold signs. But I don't know what uh, how they manage the chat room and stuff. So but mm-hmm. we'll do whatever we can do. And 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 also, I think because of this uh extension that happened this morning, um, there's, there must be some kind of a. Um, you know, action about that because I'm not too following this, but it's, you know, some adjuncts, uh, like I, I'm, a, I'm part of a, also a Hunter adjunct uh, reserve. And mm-hmm. so Hunter adjuncts coming from different uh, departments are asking what this means. And we're trying to decipher, like, what does this mean? And union leaders are saying, like, this is like a victory to extend another month to, mm-hmm. you know, to have more time to organize. But, hmm. you know, what does this all mean? So we still have to spend a few days to decipher mm-hmm. or like analyze um, because it is kind of weird that PSD agreed to wait until, you know, until maybe the enrollment is more clear and also the state budget, you know, this shares act, uh, you know, like how much money comes from, uh, you know, from the state and also how much money can be used uh, by each school uh, because half, like for example, Hunter has a 19 million allocated already and half of it, 9.5, would straight go to, you know, go straight to students and, uh, you know, at least. And so, but we don't really know how this uh, rest of the money will be used, um, you know, to hire back adjunct or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, so it seems like a PSG is almost agreeing to, see the numbers with the administration and decide who to cut and who to keep. And Mm. also they are negotiating uh, the health insurance. Like, you know, many of the, many of the uh, adjunct faculty have the health insurance through CUNY. Mm -hmm. And with this non-reappointment, they would lose the health insurance in this pandemic. So union is fighting about that, which is great. Mm -hmm. But it seems like by extending this, you know, by, by 30 days, it seems that they might prioritize the the adjuncts with the health insurance than you know than you know adjuncts without because mm-hmm. that means with you know the the ones with health insurance meaning they teach more more hours. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, so like, what's the deal? The health insurance uh, adjuncts can get health insurance through CUNY because I never had it through CUNY if they teach like a certain number of classes. Like, yeah, yeah. I never got it either, so I never followed up. But I think it's like if you teach two classes, uh, two classes, 
Now, I don't know. Don't quote me on that because I never really looked into it. Like I once, once, once. So in other words, you have to get over a certain percent, like over 50% time or something, and then it kicks in or is that what Mm -hmm. it is? Yeah. I I think you have And sorry, yeah, I should know this, but I don't really know because I never. You you personally never got it, right? So you. you I never got it. And once. Yeah, once I once I was eligible because I was teaching. I was also teaching at the city college, you know, class hunter. So I was eligible for one Mm -hmm. semester. But then it's more trouble for me to be eligible for one semester and then, you know, and then I'm not at the end of the semester to go back to Obamacare and do this and that. So I just decided, like, you know, just for one semester, for three and a half months, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, kept my Obamacare. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's too much trouble. Same, yeah. Was it the same at, um, at Berkeley or was it a bit better? If, no if I'm remembering correctly, it was... I think you had to maybe even get three. You had to get a certain percentage, and it was hard mm-hmm. to get it for adjunct faculty. You usually were yeah, being held very to, hard. to under two or something to get that third class was really really hard. So yeah, there were an awful lot of people who were getting and losing and <laughs> their That's health horrible. insurance eligibility. It was, yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. At least yeah, I was just eligible for the Medicaid, which is like a poor person insurance in new york mm. doesn't matter what you do so this way you can be an adjunct and ha- and i've had a lot of adjuncts actually on probably medicaid one, yeah. In, in Canada, oh yeah you know i was on medicaid a bunch of times too yeah mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, when so, i was trying to make it as an adjunct like i was teaching uh, you know at temple university mm-hmm. and uh, in nyu and uh, hunter and that then I was on Medicaid because what I was making was very little. So when I do mm-hmm. other like I I'm, I also work as a translator now, so you know I make uh, more money from my freelance for, as a translator. Then I I go on the Obamacare, not the Medicaid, but uh, you know, <laughs> adjunct life is like really really crazy. It, mm. You know, if you like if you <laughs> yeah 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 like overly educated like but weirdly poor person running yeah. all over the city weirdly poor but you you are holding what? up the university system that's what's so shocking is they can't yeah. function without the adjunct faculty they they can't yeah. they can't do what they do almost every as far as i know almost every university and college relies on it totally and yet no power and no money. This is just so crazy. But this is how the whole country works now. But then it's yeah. like plantation slave. I, yes. I know I'm being like too. I've well, been excited. I'm exaggerating, obviously, but still, it's weird. You're like holding the system up, and yet treated mm-hmm. like uh, I don't even know. Yeah, like and you work yourself. Basically. You just work such relentless hours, more and more. I just, you know, I still have friends who are working as adjuncts at at, at Berkeley, et cetera, or grad students, and yeah, it seems to get worse all the time. Class sizes yeah, bigger, more it, and more demands. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we've been doing this like phone banking for the past six weeks uh, mm-hmm. or so, like uh, you know, after this pandemic started, um, just to check in on, you know, other adjuncts, like check in on each other sort of, because, you know, at, like being adjunct, we are so isolated and oftentimes adjuncts don't even know other adjuncts within the same department. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we've been calling and, you know, it's surprising how happy, you know, everybody is to hear from us, Right. you know, and just to talk about how the transition has been and how, you know, how many extra hours they are putting into, you know, in this transition and Mm -hmm. how, 
they are worried about the appointment and, you know, individual cases, like each cases are so different, but it's been so nice to connect with, uh, you know, with other adjuncts and, and, and that's like the biggest um, win for me to be involved in this, uh, you know, Semikyo Strike or Rafa mm-hmm. or Hunter Adjunct Alliance because, you know, our union has a adjunct liaison and, you know, at Hunter, he's he's doing the best he can, but it's not about building a grassroots network. You know, it's more about getting the union membership mm-hmm. and, you know, th- there's no structure to cherish this, uh, you know, horizontal you know, relationship, like just to know each other and just mm-hmm. to say hi and, you know, and know someone that, you know, when we are in trouble to come together. Mm-hmm. So it's been really nice. Um, and we are trying to send every, every adjunct to go to this Hunter adjunct listserv that mm-hmm. is like a very nice discussion forum. Um, so I think, you know, even if what we can do is so little, it's still a success. Like we have sent some, maybe 60 some people to the listserv at least because adjuncts even, you know, even often don't know those listserv exist. And so because union leaders will never stand out. Well, okay, join this listserv. Like we, we created the listserv with the union liaison and, and sending people over so that we have some place common to talk about things and so even that is a success for us you know and in terms of like shelter in place like i mean during pandemic that might be easing now do you think so do you think there might be potential like some kind of strike like getting together in the physical space oh yeah 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 yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't fully answer your question. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the so the our summer action, of course, include uh, you know build up. Um, we you know through this pledge, we even if it's a small number, we have the list of the people who showed that they are willing to take militant action. Mm-hmm. You know, even like even go beyond the Taylor Law. You know, so mm-hmm. I think it's a really good number and uh you know then we can sort of build up uh you know build our action upon it so we will be talking about uh, we have a uh, rafa has a, a town hall um mm-hmm. soon coming up again and so we're gonna discuss how to you know how to go towards more militant action eventually because mm-hmm. i you know but we wouldn't go without the union so our ultimate not ultimate, but you know, our goal is really have the have the militant union, you know, to work with everybody to right. towards a strike, and you know, because that's the only thing we have, mm-hmm. and and of course, strike is just a tool; it's not the goal. So we, we you know our goal is a fully funded CUNY. Our goal is to, you know, to have the free tuition for all students, and you know. And, and as free CUNY, if you go to the free CUNY website, you will learn all the history. But, uh, you know, the, the CUNY used to be free. But mm-hmm. when the majority of the student body becomes student of color, they started charging tuition. And wow. that's, you know, that's how it is. And, you know, so we kind of have to really, you know, like, you know, reevaluate the meaning of uh, CUNY mm-hmm. and what this has been doing and that they should do so not now it's a very critical time um you know to shrink the you know as you've been saying like you know less classes and you know mm-hmm. less choices and you know maybe students cannot graduate on time because of that and mm-hmm. the mammoth classes 
like you know by phone banking we we started hearing like some some faculties are also have the combined sections like you know they used to teach like two or three sections but now the sections are combined so they have mm-hmm. to you know teach like double number with the yeah. same amount of money wow. you know so yeah. this this sort of things we kind of have to keep monitoring and we have to raise voice otherwise this mm-hmm. will become the new normal and normal practice and right. you know so yeah it's really important to keep monitoring what what they do you know right yeah. So, which which so, we yeah. have to do on top of all the other immense amounts of work you're doing, which is oh my gosh, part yes, of the cruelty. Yes. So, oh my god, it is. Uh, yeah. So if we, you know, if we can, if we have more people monitoring in mm-hmm. multiple directions, it it's, it will be better. Mm-hmm. You know, if students can monitor what's gonna like, if the grad students can monitor what's gonna, you know, what's happening to the undergraduate students or like you know tuition thing, mm-hmm. you know. I think it, it requires like one step outside of your own world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, for example, it, I, like, I don't even like I think what I'm, I've been doing is kind of crazy because I, I only teach one semester. <laughs> I mean, one course, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't even rely on the CUNY, you know, um, you know CUNY uh, salary um, mm-hmm. to make a living because I gave up on living as an adjunct a long time ago. Oh, but... Wow. But, you know, but like if you know other adjuncts or if you know the grad students who, Mm -hmm. you know, who have to teach in like worst situation, like worst conditions. And if you, Mm -hmm. you know, then then and also you meet other adjuncts who are trying to make a living Mm -hmm. by teaching like five classes, you know, here Mm -hmm. and there and just running around, then you kind of you kind of feel that like, well, you know, we, then we have to get together and, mm-hmm. and, or, you know, fight together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the meantime, I, I also meet adjuncts who say, oh, I only teach one course and, oh, I have other income. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is like me, I understand that, but it's almost kind of like, you know, like, um, validating, you know, they're, they're saying it to validate your existence as having to teach or wanting to teach at CUNY. Mm. But, you know, I, I think financially we, we teach, uh, you know, for, to, as, to give back, but also for financial gain too. It's, it's mm-hmm. little, but we, you know, we rely on this income, not wholly, but we do. And, you know, and by saying like, oh, I only teach one post. Oh, I, I don't rely on this. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like, you know, protecting your own status in a way right and and i think just by by seeing by by i don't know by aligning yourself with other adjuncts or other contingent workers at cuny i think you we we gain more mm-hmm. you know and and we don't have to be isolated we don't have to be you know the worst you know you know we are the better ones so we don't have to fight or mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. there's this very strange mentality like or, or for some uh, retired uh you know people mm-hmm. you know retired faculty uh, like you know they, they teach one course um although i mean while they receive pension so it, mm-hmm. it's not the big deal but they enjoy and so they will come and teach and but you know and and so they would say like oh young people keep fighting, I think it's like if you imagine a bit more and just one step outside of your own area, mm-hmm. then we can be a lot stronger and we can just you know 
make things a little better for everybody. And it's so, especially important because we, the, it's almost like, is that going to be the idea that no one can really afford to be a full-time, you know, teacher, right. unless you can be one of the lucky few who can gun for tenure track positions because everyone's going to have to have other sources of income in right. order to teach just just an order out of the sheer love and dedication to teach so you have to make your living some other way or do some huge amount of augmenting it just gets to the point of madness teaching is demanding it's a mm-hmm. it's a great profession but you t- you tend to have to really dedicate you know yourself one never wants to calculate what you're probably making an hour given yeah. how low both salaries are and just, yeah, the how little they pay per course, you never want to think because you're probably making McDonald's wages because most people who teach, teach because they want to teach. And it seems like that's, that is being just busted up every every which way. Uh, People who, I have friends who, who are both teachers, they're married and they've told their children, you can be anything, you can be almost anything you want to, but don't come back and tell us you're going to be teachers because it's, you know, (laughs) for ourselves, we've seen over the course of our lives, how it's just being made impossible (laughs) for you to function and make a living. It is. And I think it's really important that, you know, we take uh, our, like we calculate how much we're getting paid, you know, mm. no matter how sad it looks, it will look sad. And, mm. you know, PSC was doing it uh, just for two months and it wasn't the best timing, um, but, you know, I participated mm-hmm. in that. And it was, of course, like, you know, it was very bad, but, uh, and it's probably worse when, it, if it was taken during the, you know, the beginning of the semester or like, you know, the, the grading period, mm-hmm. it was like in between. So it was the, the easiest time, but still it was very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used that result to negotiate uh, to raise the salary for adjuncts. Um, right. But uh, yeah, but I think it's really important for us to know how much you are getting paid per hour. Mm-hmm. And, what, you know. Yeah. What was your result, just out of curiosity, uh, even, if, even if it wasn't like the worst because it was midterm, mid-semester? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know the hour that I, 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 you know, I logged hours. Like I logged mm-hmm. how many hours, yeah. But yeah, I didn't really calculate the hourly rate. I think it was maybe like around, I don't know, $10. That's <laughs> about what I would have guessed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was like a February. So it was like after the semester started and it's like, you know, it's between the beginning of the semester and the midterm. So it was like the easiest time. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you know, I think it was less than 15. I don't remember. But it was like, yeah, it was too sad. So I kind of, Erase so that you, memory. You didn't want to know. Could block it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I never yeah. even tried to figure it out for exactly that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are very good at erasing a memory when it comes to adjusting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know, but, I, yeah. Like from, yeah, from my perspective, which I obviously never like pursued it. I just graduated. I don't pursue that as profession teaching, but it's almost then crazy that teaching has become something. Um, not unlike I don't know what acting or something you know like a dream thing that you're trying to do you're trying to succeed <laughs> yeah trying to succeed as like like literally yes. acting or right whatever while like waitressing for years something of that kind which usually is only expected from someone who are pursuing arts and kind mm-hmm. of this like more mm-hmm. abstract thing not teaching mm-hmm. <laughs> and now teaching sounds that way the way especially Reiko you're describing it that it's not mm-hmm. even 
it's just kind of labor of love and you get no money and you have to work on the side. It's really bizarre. I know. Yeah, I do wonder sometimes, like, why am I doing this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> really? Mm. Because it's like, if you think about the compensation, it's like, you know, it's, I, I think for me, it's really only the connection with students. Right. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I am close to some of the faculty, but, you know, my connection with students is a lot more stronger. And, mm-hmm. you know, so... Yeah, but I and so then if you think about uh, like when you, you know, I had to make some choices when when I joined this movement and I'm still having to make decisions every step of the way, like Mm -hmm. whether I post this in this in this listserv or on this like, you know, mailing list, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm because it is kind of scary, you know. Right. Um, But, you know, but I really I mean, I'm lucky because I'm not. I'm not teaching three to five classes a semester and yes. making a living as an adjunct. If so, I would be a lot more scared yeah. because I can't lose, you know. And and now I have worked enough years and I have student support. So I do have, I believe, I rely on everybody that if they do something and, you know, and eliminate me, maybe students will fight for me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm kind of relying on that. And, you know, and one more thing is that uh, the listservs is not safe. <laughs> you know, I have a, like, I, yeah, they find us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so like last year I did this, Seven uh, Kill Strike did this uh, grade in uh, and teach uh, like a grade in study in event mm-hmm. at the Hunter's Bridge. It's like a very peaceful event um, to show our grading uh, labor uh, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, out of the hourly rate that we receive. So we came to the bridge and just like graded in there. And mm-hmm. some students participated just to study in. So it was very peaceful. Mm-hmm. But I posted about that to a listserv and it seems they found me. And wow. so, you know, so I was kind of tracked and, you know, and, you know, ask questions uh, by this uh, diversity director with a uh, Hamtas compliance, uh, you know, officer, um, you know, like, like it was like a, you know, wait, Algeria. Wait. Yeah. So they just showed up at your office and said, hi, uh, we have actually, some questions to ask you. No, they, actually, they actually, it was so weird. They actually asked my chair. Uh-huh. to you know to connect with me it's like you uh-huh. know do you know a, a professor named Reiko Sahara oh, wow. and and uh, and so you know so my chair was like sure you know she was worried about me mm-hmm. and I and I wasn't sure how they found me and I still don't know you know mm-hmm. th- because it's strange because my name wasn't wasn't on poster or anything and I wasn't the one you know I wasn't the real like central central per- people who are I mean, I was one of, but you know, mm-hmm. um, so they, they somehow find it, and you know, probably it's through the listserv. And right. so since then, I became kind of more careful, you know, what to post and what not to post. Mm-hmm. But you know, but I feel like now it's like, what the heck? It's just like I just post it, you know. <laughs> if it's if they find me, it's okay. Because like this fear that this governing hunter is mm-hmm. so wrong. And what mm-hmm. happened in the end uh, with this uh, grading and teach in, I mean, uh, study in was that the hunter, you know, campus police was there. It's like a seven or eight officers were there while we wow. were peacefully just sitting in and studying. And one of them had gone. Oh, my God. You know, 
Yeah. So it was like, you know, like what they, what are they afraid of? It's mm-hmm. so strange. And so, you know, I decided it's like, you know, maybe I'm in the better position than other adjuncts because I, if in the worst scenario, I don't want to, but in the worst scenario, I could lose this job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, and I'm not like aiming to get a full-time position or like being on tenure or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I'm okay. So mm-hmm. that's why I started posting everything and I, you know, decided to inform students. You know, I think the mm-hmm. little action in our own community is the base, you know, mm-hmm. because we also do the mass mailing and stuff, but always the best to start small and, you know, connect small and go from there. So, yeah. yeah. Right. And I yeah. do have to say your class is like one of the best in the entire IMA program. That would be like Thank a you. real loss. No, I, I know like, I think a lot of people feel that way at IMA and yeah, that would be a real loss. And actually I was kind of surprising. I think me and Fernanda, like another student, um, a friend of mine at IMA, like, I wasn't immediate for me to, to realize that you're adjunct. I think people also, that's an interesting thing. Students usually don't know, graduate students or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, it, it, I don't know, there's like a weird thing. So you work so much and your classes are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, we find out that you're an adjunct and it's like a whole different story, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is very different. Yeah. No one even know. And I think it's important people know. Because, I mean, you know, film media faculty, they're all great. And they all make, like, somewhere around, like, you know, mostly, like, 90K to the top is 160K. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we get is I'm, I climb the ladder. So I'm not the worst paid among the adjunct. Mm-hmm. So what I get is not, I mean, too, not too bad as an adjunct. So I think I got paid now. It's like $7,000 or something for four-hour class. So usually, but I negotiated with Andrew to, you know, to the, uh, with the director and director so nice that, you know, he gave me the four hour class instead of three. So, you know, I refused to teach three hour class because I can't make living with this. And so they increased by one hour. And that's how I get, you know, I made 7K, you know, but mm-hmm. I, this is a, this is a four hour class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's all I got. And, you know, so it's like. It's a stark difference between the full timers and, right. and I, you know, and we adjunct participate on you know, all the crits and, you know, everything. So mm-hmm. there's something wrong there, definitely, you know. Absolutely, and 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 it's so true that undergrads have no usually have no idea of of the of the different ranks or of any really anything that's going on politically in the campus which makes sense you know they're, mm-hmm. they that they're not clued in but getting them clued in just seems more and more important as as we go mm-hmm. so that does seem like a that's that's a great move that you're making there just telling them i used to try to do that in my classroom i'd i just preface it by saying i know no one will tell you so i'll tell uh-huh. you because it was even uh-huh. at the level of just how to navigate the system i mean there were just there was no real ad- even at berkeley they would, they'd cut the advising uh-huh. to the bone so the the uh-huh. level of student ignorance of even how to navigate uh-huh. the system at all was was crisis level i thought and, uh-huh. and that seems very much built into the system. You're just shoving people <laughs> through in as mu- uh-huh. a state of as much ignorance as you can manage. So they ask no questions. Um, right. Yeah. And out the other side. And there's, yeah. And they're not going to be there to support their, their 
imperiled adjunct professors who are often their best professors and the only ones they can get meetings with often. I had so many <laughs> students come to me and say, no one will write me a letter. No one mm-hmm. will oversee. You know, we had a little, uh, you could you could teach little tiny student to student courses. No one, but you have to be mentored. No one would mentor them. They would almost mm-hmm. always come to me as like the third or fourth mm-hmm. person they'd asked because full-time pro- professors are so often not, they're not there at all. They really? sort of are, okay. oh, they're wow. visiting other fancy, <laughs> they're off, you know, <laughs> doing a semester mm-hmm. at Yale. They have leave to wow. do their writing there. You know, there's, wow. there's, there's so often there's a, a, a whole, a lot of undergraduates who, who basically don't even meet the star faculty mm-hmm. in a department. Oh, wow. Yeah. An adjunct that I spoke to during the phone banking said uh, they did the survey. Which department was it? I don't remember. Uh, but, you know, they found out that the, the half of the full-time faculty are mm. not even there right. on that particular time, either like sabbatical or like teaching mm. elsewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so like the halls adjunct. are deserted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah they, they were shocked that adjuncts were the ones who were running the department. Right. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, I, and as you said, I think it's really important to let students know everything. Yes. Yes. And it's probably this little power we have, like because uh, you know educators are not getting paid so handsomely. Mm. Uh, oftentimes, this power as a professor is like the only thing that they stick to, mm. you know, to, to my eyes. Uh, so, but you know, once you get rid of it, it's so easy, and we can just talk with students like as friends, and you know, I don't. I mean, I think, you know, students should should know because it's their education and they, mm-hmm. you know, they're investing on it and, you know, they should be more aware of mm-hmm. the school structure and politics and, you know, finance of the school. Right. That would Absolutely. be good. Yeah. Did, did it affect your students, Eileen? Like you would tell them and, and then what? You just yeah, they'd them. often just be just be shocked, you know? And of course, once, you know, we, we would go periodically, there would be strikes on behalf of grad students or lecturers or whatever. And, you know, they would often be sort of hearing rumors, but not knowing. And, you know, I'd be one going, this is what's happening. I'm not hosting, having classes. This is why. But just, just getting them information was almost just not happening at so many levels, just from, from literally the most how to be a student here successfully to what's going on politically to, yeah, you name it, uh, to really what goes on behind the scenes of filmmaking. I mean, there's so many things that no one was briefing them on at all. I think there's just a weird idea that especially, you know, you'll talk, you know, professors will talk to their grad students, but it's like undergrads are this really – not even second class citizens, third class meet. <laughs> and wow. that, that got to be really infuriating. So yeah, I would be the one to try, you know, a few others, not just me, of course, but to just be like, tell them, tell them, tell them what goes on behind the scenes of the teaching right. profession. Yeah. And especially, I think it's so important, you know, to tell them in New York city because it's, you know, because of this Taylor law, the stupid Taylor law is what preventing us from striking and like, you know, making a union so weak. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for students to know it and like fight with us to, to, you know, to make the school, you know, school, the public education as it should be. And also, you know, uh, I don't know, like if the students are customers, they mm-hmm. have more power than employees, you know. And mm-hmm. so if they, if the CUNY acts like a private corporation, Students should have more power 
Right. And they should act like customers a little bit, you know. I'm I'm not, okay, I'm con- contradicting with what I I'm saying, but uh, you know, the students should have a lot more power. Mm-hmm. They should realize it. You know, they should uh, work, yeah, to make the condition better for them. Right. You can't, and I can't help but feel that there's there, there's something very sinister in the the hacking away of advising of serious advising of students at the undergraduate level it just seems like it gets cut to the bone and mm-hmm. teachers are told they have to pick up the slack and of course they're so overworked they can't really so you ultimately just get get students who just truly know nothing they're just walking blind through their educational yeah. experience mm-hmm. yeah that's so awful like in some of the department you know when the when the adjuncts got this uh, office hour this this semester for the first time mm-hmm. um you know paid office hour mm-hmm. um some department not that hunter but they uh assigned um like adjuncts to advising yep. and uh you yep. know tutoring center yeah <laughs> which is like nothing to do with what you teach you know that's so mm-hmm. awful no, they did. Yeah. Yes, Chapman yeah. University, private university. That's what they did. They had no formal that's advising. So they assigned awful. you forty students, forty, to wow. advise on top of all your other duties. It was sickening. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's we could go awful. on and on talking horror yeah. stories, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> right. But yeah, you know, yeah. so eagerly following what's happening at, at CUNY, it just seems it, it seems crucial. Um, Thank you so much for following. That's so I'm so moved. I just want to chip in because um, I forgot the name. There was um, uh, also one of the maybe visiting or adjunct professors at Hunter I talked to, a mm-hmm. younger one, would say that when he would teach at Vassar for a few years or some mm-hmm. other private universities by me in Princeton and then go back to Hunter for a year. It's a much better experience. So I think partially what mm-hmm. Reiko, you keep saying is actually some or like teachers frequently can prefer to be in the environment of a public school and the students that are here rather than the kind of this elite, very mm-hmm. white, very privileged student body mm-hmm. of schools mm-hmm. where he told me you feel like you're a bit treated like like somewhat as like an an elite mm-hmm. with like still a servant that's supposed to serve them this mm-hmm. like bride mm-hmm. and a student some sort of like information or, or whatever whatever you're serving so yeah so i think at, at probably at public schools it's a different feel mm-hmm. in terms of their relationship i don't know i don't know what's your experience eileen admittedly other than Chapman, I've always been at public. That's, you know, I went to, that's mm-hmm. what I went to myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I mainly taught. Yeah. So I don't have as much of a sense of, and, you know, Chapman was such a mess of a school <laughs> that mm-hmm. I, it probably, you probably can't tell you, but I'm assuming it's a much more, yes, quote unquote, elite experience. I, I don't know what else you'd be paying for. It's a, such exorbitant rates. Yeah, but and then and, and what I'm saying is on the teacher's side, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily always a pleasant exchange. Oh, that's probably <laughs> that's very true. true. That's, yes, that's what I then you I get the student as customer in a really, yes. a really yes. ugly way. Yeah, probably. And it might probably be a, so. a fairly like demanding customer too. Those students might be pretty, <laughs> pretty demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I, I was told that. But yeah, Reiko, thank you so much for thank talking. Thank you. It was terrific. Just, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And it's so wonderful that you guys are doing this. And yeah. And next time I would like to come uh, talk about the films. Yes. That would be <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> we should definitely do that. That'd be great. 